0: Welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Also hello there. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hey, everybody. My name's Nick. I'm a host. Host number three. Bringing up the rear. (laughs) After two hello there, you probably just should have said General Kenobi, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Don't want to be predictable, you know? We're all thinking it. Who else we got? And (laughs) fully bringing up the rear, the true caboose. (laughs) <laughs> Kevin Jordan from a band called This Wildlife, old friend of Billy Keys. Hey, welcome
1: to the show, Mr. Jordan. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, dude. We've been putting it off. We've been playing a lot of Call of Duty instead. And <laughs> yeah. we're finally
0: here.
1: <laughs> we're finally here. Um yeah, I met uh we met at Warp Tour when you guys were booked to go on tour with Mayday Parade and I was booked to go on tour with Mayday Parade and that was in the summer of
0: 69. What was
1: that? 2018? Yeah, 18. Yep. And I was I was playing a few acoustic gigs on on the old warped road show and we met up and said what's up
2: I think the first time I met you I was begging you to come on that tour because you hadn't accepted it yet and the other band that they were considering bringing on the tour I couldn't stand so I was literally begging <laughs> you to be okay. on it instead.
1: okay maybe that is correct that is correct I know you it's know correct I'm sixty four years old now so my memory is getting really foggy <laughs> I don't we're really sleep 18. much and I, um yeah, that's right. So then, so we did Mayday Parade, um, and uh, just I don't know. I feel like yourself and and Anthony and and me, we just really became buds, traveling and touring, and then uh, we got to do that tour in Europe together, and uh, and yeah, we've we've been absolute the the most like epic quarantine buds that you could <laughs> you could have via Call of Duty. So honestly, dude, you you really kind of got helped me get me through uh, 2020. So I appreciate you.
2: The pandemic has like justified the amount of gaming that I play <laughs> of this year. It. <laughs> it's, it's like the only way that can actually justify the f-ing amount of hours I'm putting into this ridiculous game every night.
1: <laughs> soul sucking experience just night after night. And it's not Best. relaxing at all. It's just, just no, maddening.
0: It's
3: <laughs> Speaking of soul sucking uh, experiences, was out on that Warp Tour? 2018 i know we did one with
2: this wildlife i don't remember we shared a stage we played the same stage as you guys in 14 14 i believe okay okay okay
1: this is up for debate by the way nick you just said it the way kevin and Ant say it so that's the way it's supposed to be said this wildlife because i always say this wildlife like that's the inflection i use Uh, yeah but you guys, Kevin Anth, always say this wildlife. Like the stresses like on the wild. Uh-huh. Like the Christmas Christ. like It's like this wildlife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just say it, it just comes out.
3: It just I think
1: came I out I say correctly. This
2: wildlife. I think I do it on the this. Mm. This wildlife. Not like. I always say
1: this wildlife, like that. Like this wildlife. If you, like,
2: if you emphasize the wild, it sounds like Christopher Walken.
1: This wildlife. Yeah, yeah but it's not like. Fufitis. Emphasized as much like that. It's just like the cadence of it. It's, I don't know. We've always said it differently, that's all. Say it right now. Say how you say your band name right now. It's wildlife. Okay. All right. It's
0: almost like Japanese, like no stress, just three equally stressed syllables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about um, stuff that you love. This being a time where we don't have any brand new Star Wars content coming out, we're going to have some guests on and we're going to talk about what they love, kind of an extended I love you, I know episode like we've done in the past with Mike Herrera from MXPX. I'm just going to hang and talk Star Wars as, as one does. So to kick it off, Kevin, what is your earliest Star Wars memory?
2: I was born in 88. So uh, as a 90s kid, I had the VHS tapes. uh, And actually, now that I was thinking about this earlier, I'm like 95% certain that we borrowed these VHS tapes from my neighbors, the Lightfoots. And we definitely never gave those back (laughs) because I played them into the ground. But I remember just like, you know, summer break, watching the movies, like, Back to back, as a kid, and doing the old, uh, getting in front of like the circular fan in your house and doing the "Luke, I (laughs) am your father" to try to get the Darth Vader impersonation going. And then it made me remember the, like watching them in the living room. We had this couch that my mom got from like the from somebody else's trash, and she like literally spray painted it. So I was watching Star Wars on a crunchy couch.
3: (laughs) Crunchy couch, I love that. Crunchy
2: couch. (laughs) But yeah, I think just the 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 original trilogy uh, and I, the the VHS tapes that we had were prior to the special effects version, which came out later and, and was so like shocking to me to see when I got older. But I, I remember at the time, I had no idea those movies weren't current. You know, like I didn't have any idea how old that those films were. I was right. watching them as if they had just come out.
1: I mean, I was watching A New Hope the other night when I walked in my parents' house. When I got here, they were watching A New Hope, which why my parents are badass, but uh, and I was like, "Oh, this is his new movie. This just come out. Looks great." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, I think,
2: like special effects got wor- were so everybody was so impressed by them. But in like when you reflect on, them, they were so horrible. But it was so new that we we're all excited about it. But the practical effects that they were doing were so insane.
0: Yeah, fully sure. ahead of their time. Yeah. Did you guys have the thing? I've mentioned this on the show before, and I've heard other people say this. Where you know we're all young enough to have not actually seen. Star Wars, full stop, in the theater, so we know it as A New Hope. We've always known it as Episode 4, A New Hope. Do you remember thinking when you were really young, like, hold up, where are the first three? What did I miss? Did you ever have that thought? I, I've told you I don't. I don't remember, like, a conscious
1: thought of, like, thinking they were out of order at all. I had a
2: hard time understanding, like, the prequel concept because I think that was, that was probably my first experience watching something that was, like, a, an actual prequel to something. So when the the, the actual the three prequels came out that was like really jarring to me as a, as a kid and i, I want to say what they, they were coming out in like the mid-2000s right like early to mid
3: 99 was phantom menace okay and then and then up to like
1: 2006 right
0: 99 02 05, 05 okay yeah
1: yeah you were 11 and i was already out in a van playing cd rock clubs so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't
2: i don't remember noticing that that we were missing chapters that, yeah. that even even now when you say that i don't even think about
3: that weird yeah definitely as a kid i don't remember i don't remember being called a new hope but i remember calling empire strikes back empire strikes back and return of the jedi return of the jedi but the first one was just star wars to me for some reason
1: was always just star wars for me but but none of them as a kid had the numbers attached to them Mm -hmm. for whatever reason
0: weird i just i guess i remember i'm an outlier i guess i just remember early on thinking wait a minute and then i I guess I, I caught up enough to realize, oh, okay, he did this on purpose. But I don't know. I heard somebody say that recently uh, in a documentary or something. Maybe it was in um the New Mandalorian one. Either way, I digress. Well,
1: you know, they, they went – I feel like they went way more – they committed – and like went hard all in on the episode number thing more starting with the prequels because mm-hmm. for sure in my mind those now granted i was older so i may just remember it better but those were branded as like episode one i remember you know episode two like it says it in the po- on the poster in the artwork and that kind of so it was more like hammered home that these have numbers than the first
0: three were the original trilogy yeah the the title the phantom menace was like an afterthought almost you know the, the big bold mm-hmm. title was the, the episode like you said Either way. Either way is fine. (laughs) Either way. All right, let's move on and let's get into this. I love you. I know. So we gave Kevin the impossible task of picking his five favorite scenes or quotes from all of Star Wars. (laughs) Did you succeed?
2: I I did my best. and, And some of them are like probably throw away scenes for other people. And I, and I have like my own personal reasons for, for loving them. Uh, but I, I got them <laughs> and I, and I didn't put them in order until like five minutes ago. So don't put too much weight on the order of that, that these are in.
0: <laughs> We're holding you to this until you're dead. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're making t-shirts that have this order. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that you, you might have things that you would expect other people to kind of just look at as throwaway scenes. I think it's more fun that way, you know? cool
2: yeah i mean i could just do i love you i know and han shot first and just just list out like
0: i am your father the
2: whole yeah class yeah some classics but i I have some other ones
1: (laughs) at some point when we when we were start i mean early on in the podcast our favorite characters came up somehow and you know i don't remember what the episode was but when i said yoda like still people who have listened and guests who had on or whatever like that's interesting interesting call interesting pick and i'm like what yeah. like, how is that not more pe- but apparently it's not an overwhelming favorite yeah. to have yoda as your favorite character so i back it
2: so my my wife just dropped me off to go pick up my my car from the auto shop and she was asking me like oh what are you guys gonna talk about on the podcast and i was like hey, you know like favorite parts favorite characters and stuff she's like yoda right so she, her oh, favorite character is yoda Sick. And, awesome. and she said what did she say He's cute and wise, and he uh, and he, and he serves snacks to his guests. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, good
1: food. Good food yes.
3: I mean, it's a it's a heavy question. The whole who's your favorite character thing. Because yeah, for yeah. me personally, it's been too different based on like who I liked as a kid and who I like as an adult. True,
0: you yeah. know Like, mm-hmm. and
3: hint, they're twins.
0: <laughs> Twinkies. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's start. If you're confident enough to have these in order, let's start with your number five favorite quote or scene in all of Star Wars.
1: Mama
2: number five. <laughs> so number five for me is a scene from The Last Jedi. And it's a very throwaway scene, but I love it because uh, because of the character design. So it's this, the scene with Chewie and the Porgs around the campfire. Where he's about to eat the like the spit roasted pork, and you just see like a group of four of them like looking at him like super fearful. And I love the scene; it's so fucking cute. The porks obviously are just insanely cute, but it's like there's no dialogue. It's just like the porks kind of like cooing a little bit, and yeah. then Chewy kind of growling and grunting at them. But it's like the facial expressions on the Porgs are just undeniable to me, and I just I love all the creatures in the Star Wars universe. It kind of, and I think I like it for almost like the same reason why I love, like, Pokemon, is that, like, they're cute, but they're also badass, you know, at the same time. So it's like you have a character like Chewie who is, like, he's kind of cute, but he's also super badass. (laughs) But that scene to me was just so funny.
3: You know what I like about that scene? Because it... I could picture the face, especially the the one that the camera focuses on. You know, like almost yeah. like tears welling up, like uh-huh. you know, frowny. Quivering but then, lip. Yeah, yeah. But then <laughs> when Chewy roars, one of them flies straight up, <laughs> and yeah. for some reason, it's like hilarious. It's like it could have went left or right, but it
2: goes. I think there's yeah. a group of like four of them, and they all take off except for one. One yeah. stays, and he's the one that really guilt trips uh, yeah. Chewy into not eating <laughs> the pork. There's something comedic
3: <laughs> about the one that just flies straight up, though. It's yeah. So funny. <laughs>
0: It's like uh it's like Looney Tune style. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yanked up on a string. I thought immediately in that one, I thought to Google, like I made a mental note to Google later, is Ryan Johnson a vegetarian? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he's not. But uh
2: I don't know. I I love it's that. It's like dip. a PETA ad in a Star Wars movie.
3: There's uh the Fathiers too. You know, like he he did more than one like kind of animal animal liberation thing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I just I just love how Chewy we know him as this like this beast that will rip your arms off but we also know him as this really loving companion like bro for life you know friend for life kind of character as well
2: ride or die yeah he's like he's a beast with a heart
0: yeah and despite being a character that is you know it's a big ass mask that has very little articulation in it the mouth moves you can see the eyes of course despite that there's like so much emotion emoted by his by grunting the, yeah, by the, by the two actors who played him, and you're talking about a scene, again, where there's no dialogue. There's just little, like, fake birds and this big dude in, like, a bipedal dog costume, and but there's, like, so much emotion in it, and it's amazing. Great storytelling.
1: Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, I think it's one of those scenes that's a real testament to how Star Wars, like what Star Wars does with non human actors, you know, and like non, like all the way back to 1977, is R2D2 a thing? How is that a thing? Like how? <laughs> yeah. It's a trash can that rolls around and beeps. Like you can't understand and w- and we it. Love you can't, it. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, I mean, Chewie's the same thing. It's, you know, you've never been able to understand what he's saying or what, what he's, you know, I, I loved, I've said a lot. I loved in the sequels and in solo, I I loved how Chewbacca was finally really given a chance to be a character, like have depth and layers. And, you know, there were some in, in, in the original trilogy for sure. But I I just think they really expanded on that. And there, there you go. It's a prime example of like Chewie just got his own scene. He's just cooking out, you know, (laughs) like barbecue and porgs. Here's a, here's a question for you guys. So,
2: when when Chewie's talking, we we basically only ever hear what he's saying by somebody else interpreting what he's saying, right? Like we mm. never see subtitles right. for anything that Chewie says, right?
0: Except for in Solo. Are there
2: other characters in Star Wars where we see like subtitles when somebody is 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 talking like that, or or is it is it is that unique to Chewie where they always interpret what he's saying? Rather than putting it in subtitles. Mm, well, R two also in terms right? of
3: like main characters. Yeah, R two I would say is the same as Chewie, where oh, right. oh, Dr- yeah. people understand him, but we can't. So you have to just base what you know. They just
0: what he said off of the the they reply. Just,
2: it's always another character repeating, basically, right? Yeah,
0: there's a lot of that in Rebels as well with Chopper, mm-hmm. and it's very like you know, obviously like written more for kids. It's yeah. <laughs> repeating like well,
1: it's like media training in a in a in a band. Like we we had a yellow card had to go through full on like media training courses because we were so bad at doing interviews when, when it was (laughs) like when we went from playing in a garage to playing the MTV awards in 18 months time, we had to like do some pretty big interviews and uh, it's the whole concept of like putting, putting the question back in your answer. Yeah. You know, as as you're replying. So like they're writing for all the alien species and droids and things like that throughout star Wars. I think that's been a technique of the writing is to kind of, figure out how to be clever and, and re you know, restate what they've just said in the, in your, in the line that the actor is then delivering.
0: Right. So, and the quality varies depending on the series or the, (laughs) on the writer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like rebels is straight up like Lassie style. Like what's that girl? (laughs) Little Jimmy's in the well, like (laughs) straight exposition, you know, Yeah, Chopper's <laughs> in-
3: interesting though because he's like,
1: wah, 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 wah. <laughs>
3: yeah. you know, it's like it sounds like he's like, uh, you know, the was the teacher from
1: Charlie Brown or, uh, Muppets. Yeah, te- Brown. From, <laughs> yeah. that's kind
3: of what he sounds like to me. But you you kind of get like you kind of get at least his
0: tone. You don't get the words. All right, Kevin, number four.
2: So number four for me is the Rancor scene in Return of the Jedi. The whole scene is great, but what really stuck with me uh, when I was a kid was. After the Rancor is slain, there's these guys who rush into the pit, right? And there's, out of all of the amazing, like, costume and character design in Star Wars, <laughs> this guy sticks out with me because he just has, like, a big belly out with no shirt on, and then he looks like he has, like, a shirt on his head, like cornholios <laughs> yeah. style or something. And he comes in and, and, like, he's just making this noise that I can only, like, if I had to write it out, it would be, like, hadonta hadonta and he comes in and he's just like so distraught like this guy's crying to see the rancor killed and so it's like that, that's his only part in the movie but hadonta hadonta is something that will stick with me to the day I die. i'll i never forget those those words <laughs> that he yells and and when and i was thinking about it earlier i was like who is this f- guy and i can only assume that he's like the caretaker of the rancor or something yeah like the guy who like feeds the freaking lions or the gorillas at the zoo or something and it's like he might be out of a job now that the rancor is dead this guy that's because he's actually in like physical pain you could see it yeah i think what a performance by the way (laughs) (laughs) i mean
3: what's good about your scene so far i mean we're all maniacs about star wars but i'm picturing them all so i know exactly what you're talking about but i feel like growing up he definitely had a kenner figure and i don't know if he had a name on it and it might have just said Rancor Keeper. So he's definitely like the So owner. he is a, care, a caretaker, yeah. like a keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, <laughs> he shovels his the poop. Is, it's like Ma- Ma- La- Malakili or something like that, I want to say, is his name. But he is for sure, like, that's why he was so sad, because he just had his, like, possession killed.
2: So, and I actually, <laughs> I never, like, you know, you, you absorb things when you're a kid and you don't think about, like, any deeper meaning. It's just, like, all surface level. And uh-huh. then until I started writing this list, and I was like, He's probably the caretaker for the Rancor. Yeah. That's why he's so upset. Yeah.
1: I was just gonna say I had that action figure for yeah. sure, and I couldn't remember if they like came in a set. Like if you got yeah, the I Rancor, don't know, if actually. It came with it. Because I had the Rancor too, or had, yeah. I still have it all. That I have it all still in a box. But like Star Wars couldn't make enough money, they had to make that guy into an <laughs> yeah. Back then, dude, and I mean, I'm sure it's the same now. I, I'm not obviously a collector like our boy Nick over here. But Mm-mm-mm. they made everything. Back oh, then. for sure! Like every droid in on the in in, Job, in like the scene in Jabba's palace in Jedi when they when when three C- PO and R two go down there and they're like burning up all those droids and they're doing all you know it's like a droid torture factory <laughs> and like assign work work assignment shop. They made every one of those droids. Like there was probably an action figure for the burnt up droid. Like that you <laughs> yeah. bought, and it was like they made it all, dude. It was crazy.
2: Thinking about those toys now, it, it makes me remember, I went to like some kid's birthday party when I was in elementary school and it was like, okay, st- it's going to be Star Wars themed. So everybody get them Star Wars presents. And yeah, you know, I had just like a single mom. She was just broke all the time. And she brought me to some like kind of like discount store to find a toy for this kid. And I was like, well, we got to find a Star Wars thing. And the only toy I could find was like this really shitty Sabulba. <laughs> and, and it wasn't elementary. No, it wasn't elementary school because that was way later. May, may have been no.
1: F- I mean, yeah, you would have been eleven. Or, or yeah, yeah, okay, that, that, that about makes sense. I know thing. it was Sabulba for sure.
2: I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not like, well, I wasn't in a high school buying people action figures, <laughs> and and I remember it was just like this really like shitty version of Sabulba, and I remember like I was such a brat about it because I was just like, like everybody else is going to get him with these awesome f***ing <laughs> presents, and I'm going to show up with Sabulba. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they made they made every character. I guess even yeah. then they were still. Especially that Phantom Menace era where they
3: overproduced because they figured that everything was going to sell as much as Mm -hmm. all the stuff from the 70s and 80s. And you go into any antique store right now and there's hundreds of all of those because people are like, I'm sending my kid to college with these. You know, and then there's
0: just way too many produced. So no one wanted them. If you watch, I assume you guys have watched The Toys That Made Us on Netflix. Yeah. It just really, it makes so much sense when you think about it in the context of how toy companies seemed to work back then like it just like what is it elf or what what's the movie where or no it's big right yeah big yeah, big yeah you know the, the old like corporate white dude that's like wow we gotta get what are these kids gonna buy you know we gotta get something that we can sell it's like with all those toy lines like he-man and ninja turtles and everything that started with like okay here are the characters now let's write stories oh now we can make ninety-eight different toys mm-hmm. of just characters and they could be the stupidest characters you've ever heard of and then they have vehicles, they have all this like of course in Star Wars they're gonna make one for every single little tertiary character and then, yeah, fully makes sense. And the
1: alternates too, like the alternate costumes and stuff. Like I go through my yeah. Star Wars figures and I realized if I if I pull them out of the box and, and go through them, I didn't have all of the kind of most standard main character ones. Like I had Luke on hoth but i don't think i had luke in all black jedi style like i don't think i even mm. had that toy i had random sort of selections of the alternate characters but that just shows you how much how deep they went because they yeah. made all they, there was lando from cloud city then there was lando in like his millennium falcon gear then there was lando in his costume from jabba's palace like Spaceball's the lunchbox yeah yeah <laughs> they all had every single version
0: and i want them all
1: <laughs>
0: someday you will <laughs> All right, number three, Kevin, let's do it.
2: Number three, another Return of the Jedi quote. This one is uh, of Lando, uh, and it's a scene where outside the fight outside Jabba's palace, uh, Chewie's holding Han upside down off a ship, trying to save Lando from falling into the Sarlacc pit. It's after Han had come out from Carbonite, so he's still, like, temporarily blinded or something, and a tentacle grabs hold of Lando's leg, and he's grabbing on to the to the sand to get out, so Han takes a blaster and he's aiming it to shoot the tentacle <laughs> off of uh, yes. Landa's leg. And Landa's yelling like, aren't you blind? And he's like, he goes, I could see a lot better now. <laughs> but the line, the line that sticks with me and anytime somebody says these words, I just, I can't help but think of it. Landa goes a little higher, just a little higher. <laughs> yeah. So anytime somebody says something like a little higher, like if you're like hanging a picture on the wall or anything like yeah. that, like, and I just like, I know that it's a, such a throwaway line that most people don't think about, but it's so funny to me. And just like, honestly, any scene with Lando in it where he's just being like like a smooth operator hitting on Leia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like every scene with Lando is gold to me.
1: You truly belong here with us among the clouds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see more of that in the series, dude. I'm so pumped. Yeah. The Lando series. It definitely mentioned it, you know, again, you're
3: you're describing that scene and I hear what he's saying. I, I've mentioned it on the pod before. I feel like that first whole act of Return of the Jedi has a rhythm like the script has a rhythm and how everyone delivered it there's like melody to it so when you were talking about that scene i could hear like the notes he hits <laughs> and the rhythm that it's there's yeah, something yeah, like yeah melodic to it it's, it's for
1: sure dude a little higher just a little higher
0: it's like a chorus
1: yeah. you can hear it every time <laughs> it's
0: so crazy i also love that he he basically does the wilhelm scream then when the tentacle first grabs him he goes wow yeah yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, I can't not think about like
1: hanging a backdrop at a sh- at like a club show. You know, like, yeah, oh, oh, exactly, like, exactly. That's probably <laughs> the most often that I hear it. Like, I was <laughs> uh, <laughs> just thinking about like what a, you know what a spoiled brat I was being in yellow card for so long with like just showing up and all that stuff's done. But then I went on tour with you guys again, like in a van for the first time in twenty years, and I'm like. You know, I'm out there with, like, the clips and the ropes, like, hanging the <laughs> backdrops, you know? So I was thinking of, like, standing out there going, a little higher, just a little higher. Like, that's <laughs> definitely yes. a thing.
2: Well, that's like, yeah, I'm always the guy up on the ladder hanging our backdrops, you know? And it's like, you're, you're always just, like, asking, like, somebody who's in the yeah. room, like, a, yeah. you know, a crew guy or something, a yeah. stagehand, like, hey, is this straight? No, that's uh, a little higher. So I'm like, yeah, probably that's where I'm hearing it all the time because it's not like I'm hanging picture frames at my house every <laughs> day, but yeah. on tour, every day somebody probably says, that I'm liar. Liar. <laughs> yeah. yep. and i'm just up there going like this guy doesn't get it doesn't you should it.
3: have a lando skiff guard disguise that you make someone else wear while you're
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: while you're hanging the banner Be like here just put this on i need help <laughs> be like a really niche tiktok
1: i know you guys go hard on tiktok did you say that a niche i to be a really niche yes. tiktok
2: <laughs> I was just saying that 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 would probably crush. Sometimes I like look up clips from movies on YouTube because I wonder, I go, I go, oh, I wonder if anybody else finds this particular clip awesome, you know, and you just find like your own people in the comment section like, oh, yes, I'm so glad this was uploaded. Like none of my friends know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) And I feel like that's that's one of them for me. All right. Count it down. Number two, favorite Star Wars
0: scene or quote.
2: Uh, this one, and and I really didn't realize how much I favored Return of the Jedi. But it's another Return of the Jedi scene. This one's not so much quote based. It's just the the Ewoks in the battle for Endor. I love the Ewoks. I love all of the sound clips that they get. I don't know who did like the voice acting for for the Ewoks, but I love the vibe. Everything that's on Endor is so awesome. And I love that they—they're just like going after like ATSDs with like slingshots. There's a scene where one of them's like flying in on like a hang glider and just drops a rock on the ATSD's head, like it's gonna do anything. And that's it just that whole that whole fucking scene that they that they saved the day like the tripwire. like it's it's like it's like home alone with little
1: (laughs) adam it's been a while i think it's time for you to just relive your bit in some way explaining how savage they really are just kev i don't know if you heard this on the podcast i think you should hear it Uh
0: uh-uh well the the gripe the standard gripe for people older than us is that return of the jedi was just a money grab, you know, an ad for toys for little kids, essentially by putting the Ewoks in there. Right. And that it's just, it's complete bullshit that those little teddy bears could have taken down anything. Like you said, but I would argue (laughs) that
1: he has this theory and it's really good.
0: Like gremlins style, like critters, eighties movie creature style. Those things are savage and they're (laughs) the ones you least expect are the ones that are going to take you out. And here are my points. Here's the evidence. One they're super sophisticated. They have these big tree dwellings. They have hang gliders. They yep. have tripwires. They know how to do all this stuff. They're sophisticated little bears. Despite their size, they're a sophisticated society. And they're also savage carnivores. You know what I mean? They meet yeah, they're gonna eat them. Yeah, they meet humans and like just converse <laughs> with them and then just string them up and put them over a fire. Like they're ready to <laughs> eat their neighbors, like at the drop of a hat. Including, like here's the here's <laughs> the clincher. Leia happened to get lucky and, you know, make friends with Wicket, brought her back to the thing. They gave her a dress. They just had a dress laying around. Where'd that dress come from? They ate that lady. From a prior woman. That yes. <laughs> yes.
2: They ate that lady. Yeah.
3: Thank so the good. maker bumper sticker. Whose dress is that?
2: <laughs> there could be a side story of Ewoks being like absolute maniac cannibalists. <laughs> just like blood covered. Everywhere. Ewoks. Yeah. Slaughterhouse. <laughs> Ewok graphic
0: novel yeah.
2: It might be coming to Disney Plus In 2028 maybe When they run out of
0: other ideas At this point man The first point, rated R Star Wars film is going to be an Ewok story Disney Plus After Dark It's
1: like a horror thriller Like It's like Skinamax but Star Wars horror instead.
0: Alright number one Your favorite If you're willing to do this And again be held for life to this Your favorite Star Wars Moment, scene, or quote Number one Number one for me,
2: this is where I just get cliche and I had to pick this one because I feel like the dialogue and the impact of the scene stuck with me the most. In Revenge of the Sith, the showdown with Anakin and Obi-Wan. I think it came out when I was a junior in high school. And I remember specifically going to see the movie with the bassist uh, for my high school band. We went to one of those midnight midnight screenings of it at the, the Long Beach Town Center. And I remember waiting in this gigantic line outside and just seeing like, grown-ass men completely, like, suited up in Jedi gear and having, like, lightsaber battles outside next to the fountain outside of the Edwards Theater. But that scene, I remember, like, just crying and looking over at my buddy and hit him just crying, too, just looking <laughs> at each other like, holy shit. Like, it was like, yeah. like this was inevitable. We knew something like this was going to go down. But still, like, the scene was so heavy, and I I think just that, you know, you were a brother to me, That that line to me was so heavy. And like, this is something like Key and, and some of our, my buddies when we're gaming will talk about Star Wars and how not all of the acting is like mind blowing, but Ewan McGregor in, in that moment, like, that is such a powerful delivery in, the, in that whole scene.
0: You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. It's brutal, dude. It's so brutal. I saw that movie three times within 24 hours and was like absolutely like over the moon ecstatic loved it but was so i was feeling so like dark and bummed out i had to go watch a new hope to bring it back up (laughs) so brutal
2: oh it like really affected you like that yeah well
1: i guess three yeah three times in a a day (laughs) yeah you were just living (laughs) there
0: (laughs) pure misery dude
1: what were the plans at that point that you know known plans for making three more movies i mean i'm sure it was you know in his head to do but you know, he obviously ended up not doing those three movies, but just like that was the end. It was like the most downer, dark, awful, in a good way, awful ending yeah. to a saga of all. That was it. It was like you could have walked away and that was the end of Star Wars. Like, yep, that's it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. You were
1: my brother. I'm chopping your legs off. The end.
0: You're burning to death later.
2: I just saw like recently there was like a, a TikTok I saw where some baker got the Lego toys of Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and they like rebuilt that scene with like a brownie with red frosting for like the molten lava <laughs> around it, you know? And, and, and I think it said like, I have the pie ground now or something like that. Like, <laughs> on the thing. And I was just like instantly add to cart on Amazon. I have to buy these Legos right now so that I can build yeah. this thing. And so now that's like the, the centerpiece on my my dining room table is the Lego set of that, that battle. That's, that's dope. dope. It's really cool. Like they're on both on rails and, like, the little ships that they're on, like, the little gliders or something. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, the whole thing opens up and closes. And you can actually, like, uh, lightsaber duel with them. Because they have, like, little joysticks that come off the back of, of those little gliders. So that you can, oh, like, sweet. twist them and fight with the two guys. Like, I would
0: have killed to have this when I was Like, a bubble kid. hockey a little bit? Yeah, like, the fucking yeah. hockey hockey. <laughs> yes, that's dope. Dude, you, you have to imagine that Lucas, after having to, you know, live through the fan reaction to episodes one and two all the haters. You have to imagine as he was making episode three, like he was just thinking, Oh yeah. So you didn't like Jar Jar. Yeah. That shit was for kids. Okay. Watch this shit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That probably gave some kids nightmares. huh? Suck
0: on this one. Here you go. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) The end. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. That's just like meme lore right there. One of the (laughs) earliest instances of meme. Prequel memes are just like on such another level compared to any, any of the other films. It's incredible. All right. That was solid. I back all of those choices. Print the t-shirts.
3: Well, thank you. <laughs> well, why don't we do one more question? Because you said you watched Clone Wars. So those were all, you know, all your your top five quotes and scenes were, you know, movie-based. Is there anything that's uh, sticking out to you-wise? Uh, like, as far as, like, potential favorites? I know you just finished watching or are in the middle of watching Clone Wars. Is anything kind of sticking out to you as far as new characters
2: or scenes or anything like that? I think, like bringing more depth to the actual clones across the series. I think Mm -hmm. it was something I was mentioning to you guys earlier that one of those episodes just showing that as the clones start like developing more feelings and being like, Hey, we're not just, we're not droids basically, you know, like we're not just created just to be thrown around this way. And like how sometimes the droids will just refer to them by their numbers. And then they'll be like, Hey, we have a name. And like, and just start starting to see the humanity of Mm -hmm. the clones and how, they all have their own their own characters and personalities. I think that was really cool. The thing about Clone Wars is that it brings more depth to some of the films, right? Yeah, and it like sure. basically just gives them more time, like like a watching a series versus a, a film where this is more character development, more story development, and you just you you're able to attach to these characters more. And it's like I like Clone Wars Anakin maybe fifteen times more than I did Anakin in the films. And I, and I don't know if it's performance based or if it's writing, but it's definitely just having more depth to to Anakin and like watching him and, and how much love he had for Ahsoka. That made me like him more. Like I saw more totally. humanity in Anakin because of the way that he treated Ahsoka. The, you know, I just got through uh, Ahsoka going through the trials after she'd been ousted from the Jedi Order. And that episode where Anakin is trying to prove her innocence while she's on trial by the Republic and, and going to be sentenced to death uh, for God, who did she, she was being accused of killing a woman who, whose husband had bombed uh, the Jedi temple. That episode was so heavy. I mean, it's like, you just like forget that you're watching a cartoon when you're watching that shit, because Mm -hmm. it's like the music and like the graphics are so good. Like I remember seeing that, that ending shot, uh, of her walking out f- away from like the the Jedi temple and there's like this like beautiful backdrop like sunset behind her and she's walking away from Anakin after he chased her out of the temple and I was just like this is film like this is not 100%. just like a, a cartoon anymore like I'm f- here so that episode in particular was like super super heavy I'm like and I'm like I don't know where it's I know where it's gonna go like that. that's the thing with, with a lot of like when things are prequels cool, it's like well I know what the end result is like yeah. I never I know that this person's Never in like mortal danger on these shows, but you're still along for
0: the ride. Yeah, yeah, dude. And you can't until you experience it. You can't imagine what the actual journey is going to feel like. And it's yeah, hundred percent. It's so good, dude. Like you said, it's full blown cinematic feature film level. Kevin,
1: you should do the thing where you when you, when you get there. I think Nick, how long is the final? the final arc in season 7 4 episodes. I don't know if
3: it's 3 or 4. 4.
1: 4. Yeah, so for those final four episodes, there's um that you can find it online. There's a way to watch those and watch Revenge of the Sith at, at the same time because they're they're happening while the film is happening. Right. And it's supposed to be like even just I I watched all four of them right up to the chapter Thirteen?
0: Thirteen.
1: The Ahsoka Tano episode in Mandalorian this season. So I, I finished Clone Wars right up to her episode, and that was gnarly. But I now really want to do the Revenge of the Sith thing because it sounds, just sounds insane.
2: So to you're, watch you're a, saying there's like a chronological order that you could look up where it's like it you tells watch you what them,
1: episodes to watch and then right, like you watch films in you, there? You like start Revenge of the Sith and you pause it, watch the Clone Wars episode. I think do you have you guys looked at it? Do you do you pause the Clone Wars episode even and go back and mm,
0: watch I'm Not sure. Well,
1: you I mean it like you, makes one long feature film out of all of it, right? Kind yeah, of. You can't, yeah, you can not doing
0: it on your own is like a huge chore, but there there's a dude who has an Instagram account that's all about combining this and he actually has like a Dropbox link that he'll send you if you DM him where he's cut it all together. <laughs> oh, that's
2: sick. Oh, no way. That's sick. You have a plug for the for the the edit.
0: Dude, it's I would watch that. <laughs> I love that. that. I'm gonna slide into those DMs. I, I watched just like the bits he puts like just the transitions together in uh, an Instagram IGTV video, you know. So he can't show the whole thing because it'll get flagged, but he shows the moments where it goes from film to cartoon and back and forth. And especially like when they're doing the hollow conversation with Mace Windu and Yoda and everything, and then Ahsoka walks in. That back to back, like I just got goosebumps everywhere, dude. It's so <laughs> sweet, like because it makes I can't the- wait. Sorry, I'm I'm spoiling some things here, but you got to send me that link. They're just they're just some parts where they like they took such time and thought and care to make sure it it works perfectly. So there's never a moment you're like where you're thinking why wouldn't Ahsoka be in episode three? You know they make it work perfectly, perfectly, dude. It's insane. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, shall we move on to the test bay? You ready for a little lightning round? Let's go.
2: A major weapons test is imminent.
0: Test, May 94. You may fire when ready. All right. Either ors, favorite things, and would you rather. So either or, just a simple sort of like what side do you fall on, what team. Favorite things, we'll ask you a couple
1: we're going to bust out some classics for you, too. Like, we, we've, we haven't done this in a while, so instead of coming with new either-ors, we're being lazy and using some favorites. Okay?
0: Perfect. <laughs> All right. Either-or, X-Wing or TIE Fighter?
1: TIE Fighter.
2: Yeah, cool. The, the mobility of them. You know, it's like I, I played a lot of uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron on N64. Best. And you could just, what, I think one of the descriptions says you could fly circles around an X-Wing and in, in a hmm. TIE Interceptor. But TIE Fighter, for sure. They look more fun
0: like a little Porsche. I love in the beginning of The Force Awakens when Poe gets behind the stick, it's what you would expect based on, you know, as a kid playing with it and kind of thinking about that, exactly what you would expect. Like, whoa, this yeah. thing can move, you know? Yeah. It's so dope. All right, favorite character in all of Star Wars?
2: I feel like this is another one where I go cliche on it, but it's, it's gotta be Han Solo for me. Part of it is like, you know, Harrison Ford's acting chops, but he has some of like the best comedic relief he all but he also has like a really cool character art where you see him really turn into to his, a brother to Luke and, and like a, a husband to Leia but I feel it's pretty cliche I feel like it's almost like uh, if your favorite X-Men is Wolverine or something my it's favorite like,
1: X-Men is Wolverine yeah
2: everybody's favorite guy is Wolverine and it's for a good reason because it's because it's he's awesome so yeah I, I love Han Solo
0: it's the yellow stripes <laughs> he's dope space cowboy alright this is a tough one some people it's tough, some people it's just like instant. Favorite movie.
2: I you know, that that one's really tough for me because I have a really bad memory. So like while I'm watching the films, like I know what's going on. I can quote things as they're coming, but like even just in my head trying to put everything into chronological order is tough. But by going through my favorite moments from these movies, I'm seeing just from from like me going through it's Return of the Jedi. My favorite moments tend to be from from that movie. And I think a lot of that's probably nostalgia based. Like I probably had that VHS tape in my my VCR a lot more than the others. But uh yeah, Return of the Jedi, I love it.
0: Yeah, that's my choice too. I I think that's like kind of unanimous on the podcast. That's sort of our like favorite nostalgia type pick. But
1: I was the only you guys both said Return of the
0: Jedi was yeah. your favorite, right? Did you say Empire, Ryan? Or Empire, or, Empire. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Empire's like truly my favorite on like a, a movie film fan level but i have the most nostalgia for jedi. It's, it's a better name. better movie for sure. Yeah,
1: Nick Nick you said back when we did when we named ours you said something like empire is the best but Re- jedi is my favorite.
3: Yeah. It's just it's age, it's the end of the hero's journey. You get to see your hero do everything in you know he's been learning to do so i don't know it definitely just also was the newest and it was the most fun you know like i never thought it was like childish because of ewoks or anything like that i just thought it really spoke to like here's everything you wanted on a plate you know like luke's a badass he turned darth vader he killed the emperor like all this stuff happened so like i was just like oh yeah cool it's a lot of fun
1: takes a helmet off yeah
2: i think adam this is something you were mentioning earlier but you're talking about like how it was just like a ploy to sell toys and stuff do you think some of the later installments or runs of any of this stuff is influenced by the concept of selling toys?
0: I mean, there's no way that George didn't think about the toy potential with the characters.
2: Yeah.
0: But I don't, think, I don't think that ever got in the way of the story he was trying to tell. I think if anything, he was thinking like, okay, if I was a kid, I would like this and I would want to pick up this toy and I would want to play with it this way. I like this yeah. character. I can't imagine he ever said, well, this one's going to sell more toys than this one, so let's just use this one. Yeah. I think he's a grown-up kid just like us and would think of it like, yeah, that'd be a fucking boring toy to play with. I want this one, you know? But better intentioned than just selling shit. And it was
1: mostly fans. The Jedi Ewok thing was really a fan-driven conspiracy theory, you know, that it was like, oh, they just made this movie to sell toys. When, if you're not one of those keyboard, nowadays, keyboard warrior type critics, then you're like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't I don't love the prequels, but, then you could say the same thing, like, that it was all, you know, he, he went off the success of the original trilogy and the marketing and of all that and how much of that bled into the prequels, but that's not to say that an entire generation of children didn't worship the prequel films because of how toy-friendly they were. I don't think it's deliberate.
2: Although maybe the Porgs were because they weren't really <laughs> crucial to any of the plot. Yeah. Were, that, that may be one of those installments where they're like, all right, we need a big-eyed small, cute-ass creature in this yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the same thing with BB-8. When I, like, when you, like, I think on the first trailer where we saw BB-8 rolling out, I think I saw it and was like, I'm gonna get that tattooed before the movie comes out. Because <laughs> I, like, I don't need to know anything about him. I'm on fucking board with BB-8. Done. <laughs> Done deal.
3: Yeah, I, I just can't see a writer or a director who probably gets no cut of toy sales, I'm gonna assume, like them caring you know george lucas is one thing but like i don't think ryan johnson or jj abrams is getting a cut of toys for making do or bb8 so yeah it's just funny i'm thinking back to like phantom menace toys and stuff i'm like turns out a toy of a politician named chancellor Valorum wasn't a a smash hit toy
0: (laughs) not a big seller (laughs)
3: let resale value on that (laughs) yeah
0: not much (laughs) all right this is the fun part would you rather
1: i picked this one for a reason and if any of you people out there are are this wildlife fans, I'm just going to say the word shorts and then you do the would you rather.
0: Okay. So classic would you rather style. Both of these choices kind of suck. They have good parts, but they both suck. And you just have to deal with it and pick one. Okay. So option one, you get to train with Yoda. You're a Jedi Padawan to Yoda, but the training's going down on Mustafar and you have to wear sweatpants. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Or you're in Rogue Squadron. You're blowing up the Death Star. You're going Top Gun style. But where you're stationed with Rogue Squadron is Hoth. And you have to wear shorts. Every day. Would you rather?
2: So I'm either training around molten lava with sweatpants on, or I'm training with short shorts on in the snow. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm going with short shorts. I I do wear sweatpants, (laughs) sweatpants around the house. From time to time, but more often than not, there are sweat shorts
1: that I'm wearing. <laughs> 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 they could be sweat shorts; you could feel comfy in in your natural habitat. True. <laughs> I could also just imagine a,
2: a rogue squadron uh, uniform helmet and all <laughs> vest just decked out short shorts it's like the one asshole who pretends it's not cold outside who's still wearing shorts. i'm
3: not cold dude there's something when you get to the west coast you're like uh it's cold and hot out so i'm gonna wear shorts but also a sweatshirt you know and the shorts are also gonna be shorts. so i'm like <laughs> kind of warm but not totally too warm
2: i have a star wars shirt that has a hood on it and my wife Hates it. Make up your mind. What is wrong with you? Like, what is that? But I tell her, it's I go, like a I go, sleeveless shirt with a hood. No, it's not sleeveless. It has short sleeves, but it has a oh, hood okay. on. it And I tell okay. her all the time. I'm like, Dwayne Johnson wears a cutoff with a hood on it like every day of his life, and he's the most liked man in the world. So get off my case about my hooded Star Wars shirt. <laughs> it's not
0: even a sweater. It's like thin. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. We kind of covered everything. Yeah. Good stuff. Plug time. Yeah, so what do you have going on outside of Star Wars in your life with the band? And, and Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. What's going on in your, in your pandemic life? Uh, this Wildlife just
2: left uh, our contract with Epitaph Records. We did three albums with them and finished up our our contract with them. And we had an option to renew or to move on. And we decided to move on independently. And this year, we've basically just been hacking away at uh self-producing our, our next full-length record so like anthony and i both built uh we both got houses in the last couple of years and built a uh, little project bedroom studios and just got like a really minimal setup and we're we're kind of learning learning the gear and, and trying to become more and more self-sufficient to be able to produce music and video content because we've, we've always been very hands-on very diy but now we're we're kind of just taking it to the next level and kind of bet- betting on ourselves and, and slowly putting a record together. We've always been slow making records. Like we would take a while to write. And then each record we've made so far, we've booked six weeks of studio time, which I'm not sure about like you guys, but I don't know if that, but most of the bands that we talk to, they're like, yeah, we're in the studio for two weeks and we're out and we're acoustic. So we even have, we have <laughs> less shit to track. So we're, no. we're, we're spending three times the length <laughs> than, than some <laughs> five piece bands with just two guys. So that's nor, six weeks is
1: normal for us. This might be six fucking years at this point. (laughs) We're doing it on our own because I couldn't couldn't finish a record in six weeks if you had a gun to my head. Like that's.
0: (laughs) S- yeah, six no weeks idea.
1: is, if you think two weeks, like six weeks sounds like two weeks to me, but I guess that's a little bit generational too, though.
2: Well, I'm also talking about like Rise Records, like yeah. metalcore bands that yeah. can just like hammer out drums in 12 hours and then move on to guitars right away. And then they
1: don't <laughs> yeah. even
0: bother tracking bass. <laughs> tracking rhythm guitars on
1: the first day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've already moved on. Or they walk in, the dr- drums are already programmed anyway and just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we've gone
3: down from like six weeks to that four-ish but a bulk of it is done in two weeks and then the rest is just like doing vocals at a leisurely pace to not like blow out anthony's voice or something like that
1: we took 12 weeks to do the last yellow card record and we didn't finish the guys left and i had to keep (laughs) i had to keep singing background vocals and editing and doing all stuff after they left my house 12 weeks we weren't done but again generational and i like i said tonight we were spoiled as shit we were in like the wave of You know, pop, punk, pop, rock bands in the mid 2000s that were thousands of them getting signed to these giant record companies. And they were all just like, sure, do whatever you want, man. Make, you need another 10 weeks in the studio, whatever. Like, that's how it was. It was wild. And it's not like that anymore at all, obviously. So, yeah, that's, that's crazy to think of doing an album in two weeks. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that could never happen for me. Dude, just go full Metallica Black album style and round it up to a year. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Sure.
2: Just go bring in. on a therapist, go the whole mile. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so there is new, this wildlife music coming at some point this decade, you think though?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, okay. we'll end up getting it out this year, but cool. yeah, we're, we are decades young. We are definitely taking our sweet ass time with it. Another problem of it is that I'm recording, you know, I'm, I live here in Phoenix and I'm recording, you know, delicate ass acoustic guitar and like, you know, very light sang vocals and, you know, my AC unit is kicking on. And it's like, okay, we got to wait 15 minutes for this thing to cycle off. Okay, here we go. Oh, now my neighbors are blasting music or starting up their Dodge Charger or whatever outside. <laughs> so, okay, well, maybe I'll record tomorrow. Okay, let's boot up the PlayStation. <laughs> like, yep. So it, there's been a lot of that. And, and I, I am I am seeing the value in having a, a producer or engineer in the room that's kind of cracking the whip. We'll put it that way.
0: Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Dude, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. This has been super fun. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thank you guys. I've been following along with uh, the whole Mandalorian
2: uh, series with you guys each week, following up with the episodes, and it's been really cool. So I'm I'm glad to finally join you guys.
0: We're going to talk a little bit more in the post show for the patrons about the recent, or today, actually, at the time of this recording, the trailer for the new High Republic content. Some interesting stuff in there, and we're going to break it down a little bit. So if you're not a patron... Go to patreon.com slash pod and become a patron, and you can check that out. It's good stuff. Kind of free conversation. It's all video, too. But let's wrap it up with a quote from my boy, Bill Key. All
1: right. So, uh, producer Drew dropped this in, and I really liked it. The uh, author's name is Jonathan Gottschall. Gottschall, I think I'm saying that correctly. He's a, he's a professor at uh, Washington Jefferson College in Pennsylvania, and he's written some books. Uh, one of his books is called The Storytelling Animal, and this killer quote came from it. We are, as a species, addicted to story. Even when the body goes to sleep, the mind stays up all night telling itself stories. That's so sick. That's real life. That's so true. Such a good quote. Not for me. I don't dream. I very rarely dream. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's a robot. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember them, but I know by how twisted my brain usually feels when I wake up in the morning (laughs) that that I was definitely dreaming.
0: The only thing
3: twisted in my mornings is my back. Somehow I sleep... (laughs) <laughs> i am somehow resting and also hurting myself because no i wake up every morning with this most sore back of all time
1: no see no see so you're bending your back you're arching your back but you're keeping it straight at the same time <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
3: but also super relaxed
0: where i could be sleeping uh. <laughs> all right kevin where can we find you on social media where can listeners find you on social media uh, all of the dot coms slash
2: this wildlife. So, yeah, we maintain the YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, we are trying to join the ranks of 30 men in their 30s on TikTok. <laughs> so.
1: You're doing great. It's a dark world out there. Some of your TikToks are <laughs> the highlight of my day.
0: Listeners, if you're looking for the podcast on social media, you can find us at Thank the Maker Pod on Instagram, at Thank the Maker on Twitter. We are not on TikTok. My personal stuff is at Adam the Skull on all those things
1: mine on the things that are social is at william ryan key
3: my twitter and instagram
0: are both at nick bayside yes they are (laughs) kevin thanks again for being here thanks for being here dude yeah thanks for having me fellas everybody thanks for listening and until next time may the force be with you